welcome to the weekly podcast of River Valley Church. We're glad you're here. Our heart is to lead people to Jesus and launch them into their God-given purpose. So we pray you would encounter God in a fresh, new way today. To learn more about our church, visit rivervalley.org. Now, let's tune in to this week's message. Well, I'm going to help you today to memorize this verse or at least familiarize yourself with this verse uh, James 1.19, by using a little Morse code. And I know that that is something that you're thinking, what in the world is Morse code before we had texting, before we had emails, before we had all that? We had Morse code, even before phones. And uh, it's in dits and das. Dits are the quick ones, das are the long one. And matter of fact, dit, 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 da, 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 dit, 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 that's SOS. So that could save your life right there, right there. But the way I memorized James uh, 1.19, it helped me to get this in my mind, was the Bible says, understand this, my dear brothers and sisters, let every person be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to anger. So for me, it was dit, da, da, quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to anger, dit, da, da. Matter of fact, you could say that to somebody in the room with you right now, if you have them, and you could just speak a little Morse code. That's actually the letter W, but don't let that bother you. But Morse code, dit, da, da. I want to be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to anger. And right now, I feel like we've got that all messed up. If there is a, we could say that it's all wrong. We're slow to listen, we're quick to speak, and we're quick to anger. And there's a lot of this going on right now where we're just messing up so bad. And so this scripture just jumped out to me this week. And I was like, I want to preach on this and help our church and help you wherever you're at. I, I believe we have our church campuses, and then what I would like to say, like church everywhere. Wherever you're at, we have church there, and we're glad that you're part of River Valley Church. And uh, let's start with this, quick to listen, quick to listen, the dit, quick to listen. The Greek means like, hurry up and listen. Think about that, hurry up and listen. We're usually thinking, hurry up and talk, but the Bible is saying, hurry up and listen. And when the Bible says listen, it means to hear it, and to obey it. We're gonna listen, we're gonna hear, we're gonna obey, and they go together. Hearing and obeying are not separate. They are together. Proverbs 18, 13 says, to answer before listening, that is folly and shame. We have to listen first. Matter of fact, there's an ancient quote that says, we were given uh, two ears to hear more and one mouth to speak less. I mean, so we need to listen better, and if I could just say um, how to listen, I'll just give you a couple quick tips. We should listen with a lean-in, and we've been doing a lot of listening now lately. I want to be honest. Um, I know that uh, a lot of our black brothers and sisters in Christ and our friends and our neighbors have been asking us to listen, and I have been listening a lot more. And I've said, how am I going to be a good listener? And I've been listening with a lean-in. I'm not listening like this. I'm listening with a lean-in. We need to listen with an open heart and mind. That makes us good listeners. We need to show that we're listening. And I mean, a little bit of this. And if I could just say, so I'm preaching in a studio right now, so I'm just assuming that you are listening and you're leaning in and you're for me and you're nodding and you're taking notes and you're not multitasking or whatever. I'm just praying that that's what's happening. But I'll tell you, sometimes when I'm preaching at one of our campuses, there are certain places, you know, you're looking for affirmation and I kind of look at people over there. And, and, and sometimes I'd look and there was this one lady and every time I look at her, she'd be like, and I, 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 it sometimes startled me in my sermon, you know, but there's other people that are like, yeah, yeah. And they're, listen and show you're listening. And by the way, whenever your pastors are preaching and you're in the presence of somebody, like, give them a little 
listening posture that gives them some feedback. Um, another thing would be, in, after showing your listening, ask clarifying questions. You ask a question that gets further clarification, and it shows your listening that you're actually paying attention, that you're not just thinking about what's next. And what I do is if I have something I want to say when I'm listening to someone, I jot it down. I have usually a pen and paper, and I jot it down so that I can get that thought out and then stay focused. But we want to be quick to listen. And I think all of us should stop right now and say, I, I, Lord, I want to be quick to listen. I want to be a better listener. I, I, I want to do a better job with that. And I want to say this, we're also listening with our eyes more than ever. What do I mean by that? I know we listen with our ears, but we're listening with our eyes. There are 260 billion emails that are sent every day. So we're listening with our eyes, okay? We've got to become better listeners. There are over, I, I couldn't believe this, there are over 8 trillion texts sent every day. 8 trillion. We are listening with our eyes and we've got to be better. And there's over 500 million tweets that are going out every single day. We are listening, but we need to be quick to listen and we need to be slow to speak, the Bible says. It means for us to have a hesitation or delay on what we're going to say. And, and it doesn't mean never speak. I mean, I know cancel culture feels like the sky is blue. The sky, there, there's a sky. I think there's a sky. It doesn't mean to never speak. We are supposed to speak, but we're supposed to listen, just really make sure that what we're going to say, we've thought it through, that we were slow on this. It doesn't mean to be physically slow, um, although this is interesting. I was taught once by an attorney. He was talking about, you know, how to deal with the press and, you know, different things like that. And he said, if you ever have to get on camera and do a statement, do it really slow. And he said, by the way, Pastor Rob, you talk really fast. You should probably find somebody else to talk for you at River Valley Church if you ever have to get on camera because you talk way too fast and it's going to like probably get you into trouble. And uh, he said, you want to talk like this, like we think that the problems facing society are, like he said, if you talk that slow, he said, they can't put you on TV because it would burn up too much time. So you make a statement, but you do, anyways, some of you just got that for free, but I can't be the spokesman because I speak way too fast. So it doesn't mean never speak. It doesn't mean physically slow. It's, it's, it's a call for restraint on those things that are, that are the reaction. It's a call for restraint on, on saying, I'm gonna slow down and I'm, after I've heard something, I'm gonna slow down and make sure that there's a filter going on. Proverbs 17, 27 says, the one who has knowledge uses words with restraint and whoever has understanding is even tempered. 17, 28, let me go to that next verse. It says, even fools are thought to be wise if they keep silent and discerning if they hold their tongues. Mark Twain is famous for saying this quote, better to remain silent and be thought a fool than to speak and remove all doubt. I'd like to meet Mark Twain. That, that guy had some amazing quotes, but slow to speak. And if I could say the 2020 version would be slow to speak, tweet, post, or push send. Slow. Um, I know our, our youngest son, Logan, did a sermon recently, um, two of them for the 20 plus, and it was called Don't Post That. And uh, I want him to put that link up there. Of course, his grandma was like, he should preach that on the weekend. I said, listen, he's already beaten me in golf. I, I'll do the preaching and we'll put a link for him. So, But he had some good things in there. And uh, he, he talked about waiting 60 minutes before pushing send. And I think that's really good. Matter of fact, I'd like to put that feature 
on a lot of people's Twitter accounts and say, well, let's have a 60-minute overrule, mine included. Um, you know, let's be slow to speak, slow to post, so, slow to send, slow to push. You get it. And to be honest with you, social media just feels like it's, it's made for trolls to win. It doesn't allow deep dialogue. And, and, and I, I need to be much slower. We all do. All of us need to be slower on this. And I realize we can say more by saying less. You can say more by saying less. On November 19th, 1863, a, a famous order, Edward Everett, delivered a two-hour speech that was followed by a just over two-minute speech by Abraham Lincoln that we know as the Gettysburg Address, you know, where he says, four score and seven years ago, our forefathers brought forth on this continent a new nation conceived in liberty. And with the, you know, you get it, with the proposition that, um, okay, that was just over two minutes. Afterwards, this famous order, Edward Everett went up to him and said, I wish I could say that what I said in two hours was as good as what you said in two minutes, but I can't. Like, that was better. And we don't even remember the two-hour speech. We remember the one that was just over two minutes. We can say more by saying less. We should be quick to listen, slow to speak. Slow to speak, slow to push send, slow to post, 60-minute wait time, other things. I think Logan said another thing that he put in there was to think about the audience, go through the people that are going to see this and realize, do I want that? Would I say this to their face? You get the point. Slow to speak, slow to post, slow to send, quick to listen. Now, the last one, and I want to spend the most time here, slow to anger. And uh, maybe it's just because that's something I've been dealing with, but um, I've said it before in this whole COVID world we're living in, we need to be slow to, slow to anger. And Proverbs 14, 17 says, a quick-tempered person does foolish things, and the one who devises evil schemes is hated. So let's talk about the foolish things. What do quick-tempered people do that are foolish? Well, they curse and they swear, which should not be coming out of our mouths. And don't raise your hand right now. Don't raise your hand and say, that's me. No, this is not a list for you to you know, check. Just be ready to admit. I'm going to be transparent here. They, these are the... St- Foolish things, you curse, you break things. In anger, people break things. They're quick to anger, and they break things. They're like, why did I break that? I remember once I was angry at golf, and I threw my golf bag, and all the clubs and the balls went flying, and I, I did it once. And I was like, yeah, don't do that again. You, that was not good. You will not get invited to a, yeah, don't do that. But you do stupid things. You break things. You hurt yourself. I've seen people hit their hand into the wall out of anger, break their hand. They, they hurt other people. This is something that is very serious that we should repent of and watch because right now there's a lot of anger going on. There's too much anger. I mean, the other day, I was venting to something. Well, by the way, everything's the other day. It was probably a month and a half ago. I don't even remember what it was about. I remember sharing this story with my staff probably three or four weeks ago. So, but the other day, um, I was venting to Becca about something that made me angry. It was probably COVID. It was probably a government, probably a restriction, probably something. I don't even remember what it was. But I remember I was just venting, and I was so angry, and I was so upset, and it was just so, you know. And after I vented to her, and it wasn't even at her. I was just venting. She was on the phone with Logan again. So um, we had two boys, Connor and Logan, but she was on the phone with Logan, and and. He calls me up. He said, you, your mom was crying. And I said, why? He's like, well, you just were so mad about that and whatever's going on. And, and I said, but it wasn't towards her. 
So I, I called her up. I said, it wasn't torture. She said, I know, I know. But COVID is just like, it, it's not bringing out the best in you. And I, I just thought, okay. And I found this article by uh, um, Jeremy Tyler. And he's a, a psychologist at the Penn Medical Medicine Center. And he wrote an article called, The Coronavirus Has Made Me a Rage Monster. Help. Like the coronavirus has made me a rage monster. Help. I think that a lot of us have had this going on. There's just been things going on. And he said in the article, he said, a lot of people are angry and they don't even know why. They don't even know why. There's a lack, whether it's like, is it the lack of government direction? Is it the lack of clarity? Is it the stock market, the job market, the sickness, the no quarantine clarity? Like, what are we supposed to do if this happens? You're just living in this and people are angry at just so many things. Like if you're angry at work, you can be angry at your boss and there's an object, you know? But right now in this world we're living in, there's a lot of just anger. We were talking the other day as a staff and we just said, we're just, there's just kind of an anger cloud hanging on people right now. Um, I thought about this. If you want to make a, a global visionary frustrated and angry, uh, tell him he can't travel, tell him he can't dream, tell him everything's uncertain, change the rules every other day, and the anger cloud starts building. But right now, this, this pandemic has caused anger, and it's not just in men. I found this article, too, hot off the presses, July 6th. It, it, it says, it was talking about mom rage in the pandemic. Mom rage. Mom rage used to be a term that was used for postpartum. It was used in pregnancy and, and for ladies, you know, like mom rage, like their hormones are all, but now they're saying mom rage is happening in this pandemic. And they're saying, we've got to have some help. Now, I want to be clear that anger can be okay. Anger can be okay. It is not always a sin to be angry. In Ephesians 4.26, it says, in your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you're still angry. So it says in your anger, do not sin. So it must be possible to have anger and not sin. We know this, Jesus was angry and we know Jesus didn't sin. So we know that it is possible to be angry and not sin. Now you're probably thinking like me, yeah, that's like Jesus walking on the water. You know, yeah, walking in the water, being angry and not sin. Okay, but it's possible to be angry and not sin because Anger is something that can be good. It's, 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 a, it's a, something that motivates you to change something. It says something's not right. It's a survival instinct. It supplies power and, and it gives you strength, but it can easily be turned bad, okay? So we've got to make sure that we, we are, are angry in a way that is right. Now, Jesus, the Bible tells us, was angry and didn't sin. And you're probably thinking like, yeah, when he turned the tables over. Okay, I'm going to talk about that. And then the one place where we really know he was angry. Because where Jesus turns the tables over and he's angry in the temple, um, it doesn't even say anger. It says zeal. And it was like a, a enthusiasm for the mission of God. He was so enthusiastic that what he saw was an obstacle for the mission of God that all nations would be able to come to worship God freely and make it really easy for them to come in. He was zealous for the mission that he was on, that he gets angry. Now, some people say like, this is justification for rioting or doing whatever. It's not. It's not. Jesus was doing this in his house. 
Jesus was turning over the tables in his house. Let me read what it says. Mark 11, verse 15. On reaching Jerusalem, Jesus entered the temple courts and began driving out those who were buying and selling there. He overturned the tables of the money changers and the benches of those selling doves and would not allow anyone to carry merchandise through the temple courts. And as he taught them, he said, is it not written, my house, see that? My house will be called a house of prayer for all nations, but you have made it a den of robbers. He was angry that his house was being taken advantage of, and he's like, get out, get out here, get this corruption out of my house. So when people say like, I can go out and vandalize, I can do, no, no, Jesus Turn the t- you turn the table over in your furniture, and you turn the furniture over in your house when people are taking advantage of people in your home. Do you understand? But he's saying that's not a justification to go out there. And he actually controlled his anger. You say, what? He turned over table? No, he could have called down fire from heaven. He could have called down fire from heaven, and instead he turns over the, come on. And he was angry because he was saying, I want people to have an easy way to be able to worship God. I'm zealous for the mission. God wants all nations to come to him. This is not an insider club. God's making a way for them to be forgiven, for them to have peace with God. And he wants all nations to come in here. Stop making it difficult. And he was zealous for the mission. But where was he angry? We should pay attention. If Jesus was angry, we should pay attention. And in Mark chapter three, verse five, it says this. He looked around at them in anger, and deeply distressed at their stubborn hearts and said to the man, stretch out your hand. He stretched out and his hand was completely restored. He, he was angry there. He was angry because they didn't want him to heal on that day. And he said, I'm gonna heal. I'm gonna heal this. It's a Sabbath day. I'm supposed to be resting. I know you say that, but I wanna heal. And he was angry and he gave him a, an angry look. And I think we have a picture of our city campus, Ben and Emma, their daughter, Bailey. She gets the stink face. She, she just looks like, I mean, she looks like, She's got that look, and she can be smiling, you know, but whatever look Jesus had there, I want to see the angry look, but not at me, not at me. I want to see it at somebody else, not me. But he had a look, and he said, I'm angry. They could see it. They could see the angry look. Now, here's the thing. He wasn't angry at what they were doing to him. This is very different. Our anger, we're usually like, look what they did. They took my rights. They they violated. They cut in front of me. They took, look what they did to me. Jesus was angry. Where we see him being angry? He was angry at people that were preventing someone from having their suffering eliminated. He's like, this guy's suffering, and you are trying to use religious rules to keep this man in pain and in suffering. And he was angry. He was angry that he was showing them, I'm the one, I'm the answer. And they refused. Their stubbornness says, we don't want to listen to you. We don't want to help this guy. We, we are going to live in, in just this refusal. And Jesus is like, no, that makes me angry because peace is here, hope is here, love is here, and you're standing in the way. He didn't sin. He didn't sin. And he was angry in that way because he was wanting to help someone. And so I'm asking us right now to be able to say, I want to be slow to anger, and in my anger, I don't want to sin. I don't want to sin. If we, if we sin, we'll become entertainment for other people. And what does that mean? I mean, with cameras everywhere, there's entertainment for people see it. They put you on camera. And I thank God that years ago, there weren't cameras when I lost my anger at the Mall of America. I'll close with this. I was wanting to buy a pair of shoes. They were $49.99. I bring them up to the register, and they said, no, they're $99. I said, no, they're $49. It says 49 
And he says, no, these are the different stitching. This is the 99. They look the same. I mean, it looked the same. And I'm arguing back and forth. There's no more of these shoes. There's all these shoes. And I was like, you got to be kidding me. And I'm losing my, like, over $50. I'm, like, getting so angry. I'm like, you got to be kidding me. And I take the box of shoes. I, throw, you know, like, throw it down on the counter. I'm not buying these shoes. I said, this is bait and switch. I mean, I think, oh, I'm so thankful. When I was a younger pastor, there were no cell phones recording this. And as I'm walking out of the store, there's a group of teenage guys there. And they are watching me just like, bah! you know, I mean, going all crazy. And they're like, that's it, you showed him. And they're high-fiving me out of the store and I'm high-fiving them. Yeah, take that. And as, I'm, as soon as, I mean, I, I no sooner get done high-fiving, I have conviction. I go home that night, totally convicted. And I went in the next day and I saw the manager and he's like, uh, don't throw anything else at me. And I said, hey, listen, I'm a Christian. I'm totally convicted. That was anger. I shouldn't have done that. I was wrong. I wanna, I wanna tell you, I'm sorry. I'm sorry for that. I'm sorry. I, I, I'm and I'm going to buy the shoes. I'm going to pay the 99. I bought the $99 shoes and I apologize. I said, Christians should be better than that. I don't know if he ever like thought Christians were good or just crazy, but I had to say what I had to say. And um, I'm asking you to, to not live it. Let's not be entertainment for other people. Let's say, God, we want to repent. See, the thing I did is I worked with the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit said, repent. The Holy Spirit said, that's not the way you're going to live. You're going to live in a way that is dit, da, da, quick to listen slow to speak, slow to anger, and I'm praying that for you. So Lord, I pray right now for all those that are watching, quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to anger. Whatever hits us, may we live just the right way for you. For your, give, give us the strength to do that. Give us the strength to do that. May we not resist what you want to do, Holy Spirit, but embrace it and be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to anger. In Jesus' name I pray, amen, amen.